This is the Shrimps Verdicts podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Nicely then, they are inside the centre circle again with Evans, incisive baller on the edge of the penalty area, McLean out towards Paul Mullin, right hand tip of the box, cross towards the back post and it's headed into the back of the net for the opening goal of the afternoon. And it's Andy Cannon with it, and that's the first meaningful attack. And an early start for Phil Parkinson's men here at the race course ground. Ball through the middle, it was former shrimp Paul Mullin, left-hand tip of the Morgan penalty area, a deep right-footed in-swinging ball, and it's nodded into the back of the net, in off the crossbar by Andy Cannon. And it's Wrexham 1, Morgan nil in the sixth minute. Ford looking for the return ball, Cannon still going, now gets it to Ford, looking that right-hand touchline. And then Lee, Cannon, it's already scored once, fancies it a second time. There's Mullen, it's through Adam Smith. And quick as a flash, Wrexham inside the first seven minutes find themselves 2-0 up. And it's the former Morecambe striker, Paul Mullen, against his old club. Didn't need a second invitation to lash that one past Adam Smith. I think he might be a little disappointed there, Smith, that he didn't get more on it as it went down low to his left-hand side. Cordell Rexon down the right flank, ball into the area, across it came, Mullin six yards out, sweeping it home past Smith, and it's a disastrous start for the Shrimps, at Wrexham 2, Morecambe nil. Elliot Lee, infield, Cannon, out towards Mendy, right hand side, Jolson needs to make sure he doesn't get the cross in here, Mendy's still going, the substitute, Mendy's still going, twisting and turning, and firing it spectacularly into the top corner, and that was a goal of high class, you have to say. Looked as if the substitute, Jacob Mendy, was going to drive towards the byline and get the cross in. Instead, he cut back onto his left foot, chopped inside, and from about 15 yards out, curls a great effort past the outstretched right hand of Adam Smith and into the top corner. And you feel it's a long way back for the shrimps now. After 36 minutes, it's Wrexham 3, Morecambe nil. And that is a great goal by Jacob Mendy. Elliot Lee, Mullin, couldn't quite feed Ollie Palmer in. Mullin gets a shot away and finds the bottom corner of Adam Smith's net. It's the fourth goal of the afternoon for Wrexham. And it's former shrimp Paul Mullin at the double. He rifles it into the bottom right-hand corner of Adam Smith's net. And you can hear exactly what it means to the home faithful here at the racecourse ground this afternoon. And that will be that at Wrexham 4, Morecambe nil. Got the ball onto his left foot and it, you have to say it was a fine finish. I think it took Adam Smith in the Shrimps goal a bit by surprise. George Evans, here he is down the left-hand side, tries to fit it into the feet of Paul Mullin, who's away from Farron Rawson and completes a hat-trick against his former employer. And another crisp passing move through the middle of the park. And Paul Mullin had just got the run on Farron Rawson. 
and he pulls a trigger left footed and fires beyond Adam Smith into the far corner Paul Mullin a hat trick against his former employers and that is the icing on the cake at Wrexham 5 Morecambe nil. And Paul Morlin didn't really celebrate his first two goals against the, his former club, but when you score a hat-trick and you're taking the match ball home, he couldn't help but just have a, a little jump in the air of delight after completing a hat-trick. And you have to say there have been three brilliant finishes. The first one, Adam Smith will have perhaps be a bit disappointed that he could have got more on it from six yards out. But the second and the third have been absolutely sublime. Pile drivers with the left foot into Adam Smith's bottom right-hand corner and then across the keeper from 10 yards out to complete Mullins hat-trick. And a miserable afternoon for the Shrimps at Wrexham 5, Morecambe nil in the 77th minute. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps verdict on Beyond Radio. Little flick there by Mullin. Here's Sam Dolby. Mullin's going to pull the trigger and smash it. In fact, it was Jamie Jones who smashes it into the top corner of Adam Smith's net. And deep, deep, deep in stoppage time. In fact, that's the last kick of the game. The referee brings proceedings to a close here at the racecourse ground. And the last action of the game is to substitute James Jones to smash it past Adam Smith's left hand and into the top corner of the net to finish the game here at Stoke K Ras at Wrexham 6 Morecambe nil. Wow I didn't expect this interview to be honest with you um, we had a game plan all week trained really really well told them how to, how to manage the game not to concede early doors especially away at Wrexham against a team who's absolutely flying I know they got beat last week but we take that away on a really good run yes, so actually the game plan was just Quiet in the crowd, you know, start playing, stay in the game. And obviously we give two goals away within six minutes, game over, game over. And then we not going to defend us today. We, we never tracked runners, we never marked in the box, we never won our headers, never won the first contact, second contact. We never done anything right today defensively. All right, we had a lot of possession, nice one-twos around the pitch, but done nothing for us that today, nothing at all. Is that really hard for you to stomach after such a, a good week, a positive week for you? I feel physically sick. Obviously, uh, you know I've applied for the job. That's not going to help me at all. Eh? So, as I say, I feel really sick. But we've got to go again. We've got a big game Tuesday. So we've got to be positive. Just had a good chat with the lads and see what happens Tuesday from there. Get a good performance, get a win and see it from there. We spoke after the Barrow game. Hopefully that was just a one-off. But unfortunately, the results have continued. Four defeats in five. Yeah, yeah. We've got, we've got one about here. We've got a young team and all that. But I'm not, I'm not having that. Right, they're not experienced players, but they're good players. They know they've got a man to mark. They know they've got a runner to run with. They've got a header to win, title to me. And we just never done that. It doesn't matter if you're 16, if you're 35. You know you've got to do the basics in football. And there's no excuse for us today. There's just none. And when you're up against somebody like Paul Mullen in that type of form, it's always going to be hard, isn't it? It is, yeah. He's a top goal scorer in this league, isn't he? Obviously, got a, what do you get a hat trick? I don't even know. I mean, yeah. Uh, you can't give players like that that much space. Like again, the game plan. We just knew they were going to go long to the big man and play off, play the bits off him. So we we had a game plan where we picked the second balls up off the big, like how they Fazor, their centre forward. Again, never done it. 
never done never done anything right today. So I just apologise to the fans. Here they come down the numbers today. Just they were brilliant, absolutely brilliant. They kept singing to the end. But I would, they weren't happy. But half of them stayed till the very end. So made up for them. Fine. Thanks for that. Are you glad you've got a game Tuesday now? Absolutely delighted. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. So but we're going to go into that game. I'll get the lads going Monday, I promise you right now. We'll, we'll train, we'll, we'll go through everything about today and then we'll, we'll train hard, do more pattern play to get them to go, show them how to defend properly and hopefully go into Monday, uh, Tuesday's game and get a win. We saw Oscar Froekel come on for the last part of the game. How do you think he did and uh, what's the thoughts behind bringing him in? Well, I thought Joel, Joel was uh, struggling a little bit today out there on the zone. I felt sorry for him in a way because... Uh, he was isolated one on one against the top player McLean. But so I thought I'd give the game is over 4 0. So I thought I'd give Oscar a go get him some game time in his legs. Obviously he's gonna be really rusty, he's been out a long time, but he's a top player and he'll do really well for this club. Hoping then on Tuesday with the game that the lads in that dressing room can, can put some things right today on that night. Well all right, so we got beat six 0 today, I accept that. But they are actually a really good gang lads and there's a lot of good footballers in there. So I don't think they let themselves down on Tuesday. I think we'll go more fighting. Our home form is very good. We've got to keep it going. Finally, how are you feeling? How do you think? I'll do a look. <laughs> I'm absolutely devastated, to be honest. Uh, I'd say my whole career as a footballer, I've never felt this bad. But I will be ready for Tuesday. I think um, over the 90 minutes, we're nowhere, nowhere near good enough. Um, miles off it. We started the game so badly, conceding two in the first ten. 3-0 down at half-time, um, it's just not good enough. And then to come out second half, no real response from anyone, uh, from the boys. Um, and we've just let the fans, obviously Jed and John, who, who have come in and done a real good job with us in the week, getting us prepared, we've just let them down. We looked like a bunch of bunch of schoolboys out there, and um, it wasn't good enough. It's not been like you this season, has it? You've been generally pretty solid and pretty good all over the park, and hopefully that was just one big blip. Hopefully, obviously, we're the talking there. We have to put things right, and and lucky for us, there's a game Tuesday at home, back at home after a long, long stretch of away games. Um, we can get back to the Mazuma and um, and try and get back on on the kind of tempo and intensity that we were playing at uh, before these three games. Do you think the international break had a bit of an effect for everyone? Um, I don't think so. We've um, we've had two of them so far this season, anyway. Um, there's there's no excuse for a, for a performance like that, um, and I think to a man we were we were all so below par today that there is no excuse. There's, there's no excuse for performing like that. Um, it just wasn't good enough. Tuesday night, only a few days away. To a man, you've got a chance to put it right. Yeah, obviously the, um, the only upside really is it, it's only three points at the end of the day that we've lost here. Um, and we've got that opportunity on Tuesday to go and put things right um, and, and try and get back to winning ways and playing football the way we were before. I'm glad to be back at home. The home form's been excellent, hasn't it, all year? Yeah, obviously, it's, it's a massive lift playing at home with the fans behind us. Um, we, owe them, we owe them a big performance on Tuesday now after that drab showing. Um, they supported us so well as well. It's so disappointing um, for some, such a large larger way following um, to put a performance like that for them is, is really disappointing. 
This is the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. This is Dave Sowen. Thanks so much for downloading this episode. Really, really appreciate it, of course, as ever. So clearly not the scenario that Jed Brannan and John McMahon expected or wanted or anticipated when they woke up on Saturday morning. Very bad day at the office for the shrimps. I mean, first and foremost, you have to say that Wrexham are a very, very, very good football side indeed. I mean, they should be with the resources they have, of course, but they are still very, very good. They've got some unbelievable players But that said, we didn't give the very best version of ourselves. And I think to stand a chance of getting the results at the racecourse ground, we needed to give the very best version of ourselves to Wrexham. And then I think we would have competed. I'm not saying we would have necessarily got a result, but it would have been a lot closer. I don't think there's any doubt about that. We've seen lots of talk of team selection as well. And uh, I don't agree with that, really. Uh, Some fans criticising players playing in certain positions. I I don't agree personally. James Connolly is a right-sided defender. He's played at right-back for his parent club, Bristol Rovers, in the past. So him slotting in there, I think, was fine. And don't forget, of course, that Joel Senior, who's been one of our best players this season, there's no doubt about that. And the majority of those games, he has played on the left-hand side because Donald Love has been playing at right-back. So to say, while well, he was playing out of position on the left, well, yes, he was technically, but he's done so well on the left for large parts of this season that, again, it was an understandable selection. I've heard criticism of Adam Mayer being played through the middle rather on the left-hand side. Adam has played in the number 10 role lots this season uh, as part of that supporting three because Jordan Slew's been on the left and Tom Bloxham obviously on the right-hand side. So I don't agree with that either. And Michael Mellon, oh, he was isolated up front. Why didn't we get somebody up there with him? Well, first and foremost, who... And secondly, that's how we've played. That 4-2-3-1 has been our formation for the vast majority of the season. And most of the season, it's worked really, really well. So I don't agree that the tactics and the team selection was wrong. I know we were going a bit long to Michael Mellon for some parts of the game. But do you know what? I think... It was a lot more than that, really. We just weren't at the races. There were some individual mistakes within individual players in the team as well. And there were times when, frankly, Wrexham just showed their class and they showed why uh, they could quite easily get promotion into League One this season. It doesn't make us a bad team. We're still in a great position in the table. And, of course, given everything, um, you could kind of see, I suppose on one hand, see the result coming to a certain extent. But we are still in that great position. A very interesting week ahead, as well as we find out, well, we could find out at least, who the new permanent manager of the club is. It wouldn't be a surprise at all if there is a, an appointment made and announced uh, middle of the week, maybe. I haven't got any inside information on that, by the way. I don't think the club themselves know uh, as I'm recording this podcast but uh, oh, it wouldn't be a surprise at all if there was uh, uh, some announcement uh, maybe not long after the Newport County game on Tuesday an interesting week ahead indeed so let's look ahead to uh, a return back to the Mazuma Mobile Stadium it feels ages since we played a home game doesn't it uh, Newport County who put Stockport County's winning run to bed uh, over the weekend uh, they are coming to the Mazuma Mobile Stadium uh, on Tuesday night full team news and the whole game live 
on Beyond Radio from just before 7.40. But if you can possibly get down, the lads would really, really appreciate your support. They are hurting like you wouldn't believe. Jed Brown and John McMahon, they are hurting like you wouldn't believe. And I'm absolutely sure that we're going to see a big, big reaction. But if you're not going down to the game, full match commentary, of course, as ever, on Shrimps Live. Ahead of the match, I've been talking to James, who's one of the presenters of the 1912 Exiles podcast, the Newport County Fans Pod. Uh, James, a big county fan himself, and the ideal man to get the full lowdown on Graham Coglin's men ahead of their trip here on Tuesday. So, Jamie, thanks for jumping on the pod. Really appreciate your time, mate. Before we get going, tell us everything we need to know about the 1912 Exiles podcast. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, 1912 Exiles. Yeah, so we are, um, as I'm sure uh, there are many club podcasts around uh, around the grounds. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're just a bunch of Newport fans um, from across the country. Uh, just coming together, trying to trying to find the lighter side of um, of following a a middling League Two outfit. So uh, yeah, uh, you'll find uh, lots of chats about um, uh, well, not just the tactics truck that we wheel out, but you know we we try and do as do as many ways as we can. Try and uh, you know rate rate the pies, rate the floodlights, um, rate the service stations we uh, we bypassed <laughs> on the way to these grounds. Um, yeah, so just a bit of a lighter side of things. The tactics truck, that sounds very 90s Andy Townsend, if you don't mind me saying. Yeah, yeah, we are, we are not um, probably the, the most uh, tactically um, astute uh, group of people, but we try our best and we, <laughs> we lean on a lot of the other fans uh, to try and tell us tell us what's what. But um, uh, we've got a chap, Ian, um, who will be, I think he'll be in attendance at Morecambe uh, next week. Um, but he he's um, he's learning all all he can about the four box two formations and uh, inverted wing backs and all of that kind of stuff. So <laughs> it's a it's an educational um, podcast as much as anything else. And there's been it seems to me, Jamie, there's been a, a, an explosion of fans driven online content, certainly in the last three or four years. I think maybe COVID drove a lot of that. People bored during lockdown and stuff like that. But that's a good thing, isn't it? The more content that's out there for fans of any club, the better, really. Absolutely. And I think it really it really does highlight the, the depth that the English football pyramid um, has. I know we're Welsh side, but we're in the English football pyramid. Um, it really highlights the depth that we have because, you know, there are, I think, I mean, Wrexham's a different these all together but i'm pretty sure they've got five or six different podcasts um but you know even even at newport you know we've got we've got um a couple of people doing youtube channels as well and yeah it just like i feel when there's not that much sort of coverage aside from your local beat reporter and they all do excellent jobs by the way following these clubs home and away in the football league in non-league as well Mm. but outside of those you know excellent reporters doing their coverage there's not a whole lot and particularly if you're like me, so I live in London, I follow a team from South Wales. Um, and yeah, it's obviously really difficult to sort of really understand the inner workings when you're not in and around, you know, the games every week, you're not at home games every week. So it's really good to have these sort of opportunities to sort of learn from your fellow fellow fans. And that leads me on to my next question, really, Jamie, you, you live in London. Why do you follow Newport County? Uh, well, I'm from South Wales. I was born in Newport. Um, I've moved, uh, lived in London for what 15 odd years now for for work, 
Um, but you you can't shake off your home team, can you? You can't you can't as much as you'd like to um, at times when you're you're tearing your hair out <laughs> watching your side lose yet another home game. Um, yeah, you just like there's there's just something about that that home team that that connection, particularly at League Two level. I feel mm. um, the smaller clubs, you just feel that affiliation. Um, I watch next to no Premier League football these days. Um, I used to follow it avidly when I was younger, but now there's just no interest for me. I feel there's a much deeper connection with with um, the club. Um, just mm. because I think as well, you know, not just the fact that you know we are trust owned at the moment, we're owned by the fans, although um, you know we're sort of undergoing some some kind of takeover. But yeah, we're just yeah. It, it, I don't know. I. I can't really put it into words. People ask me, why do you support Newport County? Why are you watching this league too much? And I can't understand why, but I just I just feel compelled. No, I agree. I, I, I agree entirely. I was, uh, uh, one of my friends uh, last week was talking to me about how amazing Manchester City 4, Chelsea 4 was. I was like, I didn't see it, mate. Did you not even watch the highlights on match? No, no. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's just how some people are, isn't it, I guess? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I couldn't tell you who, who, who would have been in that starting lineup um, for for either side. To be honest with you, yeah, I know, I know a few of them, but uh, yeah, I, I couldn't rattle off a squad. <laughs> Let's get down to business uh, with matters in League Two, then, Jamie, if we may. And uh, it's fair to say that at this stage of the season. You are where you are in any division because that's where you deserve to be. More than a, a third of the campaign gone. Fair to say that it's not gone perhaps quite as well as you would have hoped. Um, I mean, as well as we would have hoped, to be honest, at the start of the season, we would have bitten your hand off for um, what are we five points um, uh, above the drop, few places above the drop. Um, look, in, in in the summer, we knew we had a battle on our hands. We lost a lot of key players um, to other League Two teams as well. That you know, players that we thought might have gone up the leagues, but they they you know that we lost Aaron Lewis to Mansfield, Mickey Dimitri went to Crew. Um, yeah, we lost other players to Walsall as well. Uh, so, and we have such a small budget. We have a, a probably I think the smallest or the second smallest budget in the league. Um, so we knew this season was going to be a battle. It started off okay. We had um, a fairly uh, easier run of games in uh, August and September, but that got much harder in October when we were playing the likes of Knox County, uh, Mansfield last week. We've got Stockport at the weekend. Um, and that coupled with A, a thin squad and B, an injury ravaged squad. I think at its height, we had 10 first steamers out of action. We were struggling to fill a bench. We had, I think, our bench the other week um, when we played Aimed Dons, five on the bench. One was the keeper, two were youth players. Another two were loan players who are probably 2021. So to be honest with you, when it's obviously disappointing to be where we are at the moment, but in terms of hoping for better, I think this is like kind of what we expected. We'll talk about Starla playing someone in a, in a few moments, if we may, Jamie, but a few Morecambe connections between the two sides. I need to ask you about four, a few former shrimps, if I may. Firstly, uh, Ryan Delaney at the back. How's Ryan been doing for you? Uh, fantastic. Um, we we lost basically an entire back line in the summer, and honestly, I was that was the bit I was worried about trying to replace some experienced defenders. But he's come in, he's slotted in, he's our captain. Mm. Um, I don't know how often that happens when you know you sign a player over the summer and he immediately becomes club captain. But that's the amount of upheaval we've had this summer. Um, but he's been solid. 
um yeah yeah real battler um and kind of keeps our defense together so yeah really pleased with that signing I think we were uh, disappointed that we couldn't keep him. He was one of many players in the summer out of contract. We didn't offer a contract to any of our out-of-contract players at the end of last season. So Ryan was always going to go and we wished him all the best. But we were, I, th I think a lot of fans, myself included, were disappointed that we couldn't keep hold of him. Shane McLaughlin, how has Shane been doing? Shane's been is an interesting one. Um, I think he came in um, and he's sort of been playing all over the place at the moment, partly because of all the injuries we've been having, uh, but partly because he is um, that kind of versatile player. I think the first game he played, I think it might have been a League Cup match or a trophy match or something. And um, it was a bit of a shaky start. But ever since then, he's sort of come on, uh, scored some cracking goals for us. Um, so he's been playing a right back, right wing back. Uh, we put in the middle of midfield because we've been quite light there. I think he's been playing in the centre half at one in the last few weeks as well. Um, while some players come back from injury, so um, yeah, we lost we lost um, Aaron Lewis to Mansfield um, over the summer, and he was another versatile player, could play wing back or in midfield or whatever. But um, we needed someone like that who could fill in a couple of positions, and McLaughlin's been been the guy to do that for us. We we loved the Bronx hustler when he was uh, when he was with us. Um, he played predominantly in, in the centre of midfield. Um, when we reappointed Derek Adams, uh, he wasn't his kind of player. So then he drifted out, and obviously then went on loan to Salford, got released, and went to. You. So great that he's doing well. Fantastic to hear that. And uh, finally, a player that I think every single Morecambe fan listening to this would dearly, dearly love if he's fit, of course, when he's fit in uh, our midfield, and that is Aaron Wildig. How's uh, Aaron been doing? Um, oh well, I love Aaron Wildig. Um... I think he has that little creative spark that when you first watch him play, you think, I'm not sure what he's about. But then the more and more he plays and the more he sort of gets involved and gets on the ball, you realise he's got something about him. Um, he's been injured in recent weeks, so he's still been in and out of the team. Um, and it's kind of shown, to be honest with you, we're, we're quite occasionally quite lightweight in midfield. Um, and we we kind of struggle to sort of get the ball up to our to our front men, and he's quite often that missing link. Um, mm. So I'm really hoping he'll be back um, sooner rather than later. Um, but yeah, I think he always shows a lot of promise. Um, I kind of want more goals out of him to be honest, but I don't know whether that's just the way we're playing at the moment. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a fan of Will Dig for sure. And as much as we love Aaron, if he could not get back to a, at least a week on Saturday, that would be, I think, appreciated from that <laughs> point of view in case he comes back to haunt us. But uh, aside from our, the, the former Morecambe connections, Jamie, what do we need to know about a, a current season at Graham Coughlin, Newport County formation, likely starting line at once to watch? What do we need to know? Um, well, you need to know, I think I've sort of said already that, you know, we're, we're ravaged by injuries. We're getting players slowly coming back, um, which has been sort of real sort of welcome return just to fill out the bench more than anything else. Um, but also to give our, our players a rest because, you know, we, we've not really been able to sort of change our team up too much. Even in like the the trophy games, um, we've, we've had to sort of rely on those players who've sort of like slogged it out against them like big outfits. Um yeah, I think wants to watch uh, Nick Townsend a goal. He's um, he he sort of like went out of the side at the start of the season, but then he came back in and he has been phenomenal. Um, he made some cracking say we we drew no nil with MK Dons a few weeks ago and some three out of this world saves saved a penalty at Mansfield even though we lost 
last weekend as well. So he'll he'll be one like if he's if he's having a good day, it might be a, a struggle to get past him. Um, up front, uh, Will Evans. Um, he uh, was a part-time player in the in the Cymru Premier a couple of seasons ago. Part-time working on at his family's farm as well. Now he's scored ten league two goals already this season. Um, he will just run his socks off. He like his face will just go bright red. You you know he's just like working as hard as he can. Um, and of course, up next to him is um, one of my favourites, Omar Bogle as well, who gets a lot of stick from um, from home and away fans. Um, but he is just phenomenal. Um, I, I love him. He's got so much strength. He's got so much power. But he's what he's got is a really good touch. You know, bring bring the ball down and mm. hold it, particularly when we're up against it. Um, when he hasn't got that much support, maybe we're breaking out from defence. He does such a good job, um, and I think he's already got six in the league this season. So I say those are the players really to watch watch out for. Now you're coming to us, Jamie, as we record this caveat before the South uh, Saturday respective weekend games. Stockport County is a big one for you. Of course, we're away at Wrexham at the weekend, so that doesn't get particularly easy for us either. But <laughs> as it stands, uh, we are, of course, managerless, but we are unbeaten at home this season. So what are your thoughts on on the whole situation about coming to us on Tuesday? Um, yeah, I mean, firstly, the Derek Adams thing is quite interesting. Um, I think he... He riled up our fans during the the playoff final a few seasons ago, so um, he probably wouldn't be that welcome in uh, in Newport. Um, I think it was back when we had Kevin Ellison as well, which uh, and Kevin Ellison was not a fan. So um, yeah, uh, so I think yeah, he's probably. I think a lot of us thinking uh, he was just too afraid to 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 play us actually, so he just sort of <laughs> up sticks. But um, no, but no, I think yeah, our um our away form's not been great this season. I think we won at Gillingham, but that's kind of it. Um, so I think it's going to be tricky. Like I said, we've had a tricky run of games Tuesday night as well. Way a uh, long way to go. Um, I would happily take a draw from that game. To be honest with you, take a draw in any of the ways and try and try and win our home games. And um, so yeah, it's um it's a real tough couple of weeks for us. Um, so we're honestly we're just trying to get through this next few weeks before we have a bit of a an easier run or games you know yeah where we should be really winning. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I don't sound like the most optimistic of fans, but um, yeah, I've been dragged down this season by uh, by uh, the reality of um, a, a struggling season. So yeah, um, but yeah, no, I, I think we um, always enjoy sort of coming up there. Um, like I said, um, uh, other other podcast um, member Ian Street will be um, making his way across. Um, uh, so I'm sure you'll get if if you're tuning into 1912 XL to so get a, a match diary from him, which are always interesting to to look listen to so i definitely recommend uh looking out for that yeah it, it's almost a shame isn't it that derek adams isn't our manager because that would have added an extra dimension to it i suppose it also adds a an, an element of uncertainty though because i would imagine we'll play in a very similar style to derek i mean the caveat of of, of course of when, when we're recording this inevitably we'll appoint a manager on Monday and this will all be redundant, but we'll, we'll go with it anyway. You would think we were playing a similar style to Derek, given who's in caretaker charge. It's our assistant manager and our first team coach. So same philosophy you would imagine. Uh, but there is that element of uncertainty. Is, is, can you capitalise on that perhaps? 
Um, I certainly hope so. Um, I think, yeah, I think what what we'll be hoping is to capitalise a little bit um, on that, but as well as like some of the some of the players that we've got coming back. Uh, we've got um, a young guy on loan from uh, Bristol City. Yes, Bristol City, um, who started the season superbly well. Chap up front called Seb Palmer Holden. Um, we call him Tara Palmer Tomkinson on the pod because uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but he. he he started really well, like huge, like young striker. Um, and he formed a really good partnership with Will Evans. He's uh, been on the bench, come off the bench a few times now. Might be an opportunity to start him on Tuesday. So um, hopefully we'll be able to to capitalise on that and give give him a bit of a run in the side again, because he honestly, he started really well. It's not often you get young players um, sort of coming in on loan and really sort of hitting the ground running. Certainly the ones we get in anyway. So um yeah but i think yeah maybe that uncertainty maybe that oh uh yeah if if you still i mean i think tuesday is still quite soon to be appointing someone new for you that's my gut instinct anyway i don't disagree i don't think we will appoint unless we go internal which i suppose is always always possible um our, our first team coach who's not been at the club all that long himself, really. Um, Jed Brannan, he did uh, our pre-match presser ahead of our game on Saturday for Wrexham, and he's made it very clear that he would definitely want the job on a full-time basis. So uh, you never know, I suppose, what might happen, but uh, perhaps Tuesday might come a, a, a little bit too soon. So uh, we'll see what occurs. Uh, in terms of your manager, though, uh, Jamie, is, is, is Graham the, the man for the job, the man to keep you up this season? Um, well, we have to give him a lot of credit he came in probably around this time last year maybe a little bit after after we had a dreadful start under our previous manager james robbery um mm. and his philo- cochland's uh, philosophy was always like right let's like stand before we can walk walk before we can run so we just started to make us really hard to beat um it didn't result in too many exciting games or too many goals but um uh, we we sort of finished in a sort of fairly respectable uh league position and you know we, we're always having to give him like the sort of the caveat that yeah he has had to deal with a really small squad, um, which is sort of we we don't have the players to come in when we have had the number of injuries that we've had. Um, what's going to be interesting is if the Hugh Jenkins takeover goes through. Hugh Jenkins, of course, used to run Swansea City and took them all the way up to the Premier League. Um, mm. I don't think he'll do the same for us, but <laughs> it's a very different world now, um, what we're living in. Um, but if it that does come through, we're kind of hoping there might be some reinforcements in January. We're not quite sure what his feelings will be on the manager. Maybe he'll want to bring in somebody that maybe suits what his style of play wants to be a little bit better. But um, no, Cochrane's done a superb job with the circumstances he's been he's been given. Um, and I kind of feel like, yeah, no one's above criticism, but I, I find it really hard to find him, you know, needing to do anything more really at the moment. So, what constitutes a good season for Newport County? Is it survival? Is it yep. comfortable yep. mid-table? Twenty so, seconds. So, so, uh, so twenties will do. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, I think this is the year that we just need to survive. We knew that this was always going to be a tough, tough league A to get out of. Um, if you look at the mm. top half of this league, it's like. Yeah, this wouldn't have been the year to to have a really strong season, I would say. Um, wait until some of the big guns go up, and then and then you sort of re re um, assess. But um, yeah, we're not like we're not even looking thinking of top half or playoffs. We're looking at survival right now. 
Jamie, great to chat. Really appreciate your time, mate. Thank you for sparing part of your lunch hour to, to jump on our pod. Uh, give us the sales pitch one more time for 1912 Exiles. Where can we find it? Uh, 1912 Exiles, um, so at 1912 Exiles, all the numbers um, on Twitter and well, whatever it's called now. Um, just want to give a shout out as well. We were actually nominated um, in the FSA uh, podcast, Club Podcast of the Year, which um, we are absolutely chuffed to bits to be um, in rubbing shoulders with the likes of uh, Ask Blog and all of the other ones uh, up there. We won't win because it's a, uh, I think it's a public vote. So <laughs> It's a good do though, Jamie. It's a good do. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, if, if you do subscribe on on any of the podcast uh, platforms, um, I'm sure in early December you will be hearing a um, a diary from the event. We're, we're sending two of our two of our guns to the uh, to the uh, show, and uh, I don't know what they're going to make of it or what they're going to do, um, but it should be fun. It's a great night out. Those awards, and uh, I think there, there are two or three that recognise podcasts and content creation, aren't there? But they are probably the the definitive ones, I would say. And you're going to be rubbing shoulders with, uh, with, with like you say, the great and the good of the podcasting world. So it's a good night out, if nothing else, I suppose, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Jamie, appreciate your time, mate. Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we'll speak to you next time. Good luck for the rest of the season. Uh, after Tuesday, of course, I think you've got looking at your squad, you, you've got plenty to stay up. So good luck for the season and uh, we'll speak to you next time. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for having me on. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.